0: back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we are joined by a friend of the pod, a theologian, teacher, and the wave upon the sand of our theories. We're delighted to welcome Daniel to the podcast. Welcome, Daniel. <laughs> welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you,
1: guys. I appreciate the intro. And... Uh, what a flourish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that tie-in. That is great.
2: <laughs> welcome, right. welcome, welcome. Okay. So Trey, Daniel and I have known each other, what about, was it three, four years now? Three years. Yeah. And it's been a joy getting to know Daniel and you started listening, I think during WandaVision and you were live reacting, you know, to me, yeah. uh, through Facebook Messenger and then over to Discord. And the conversations were so great. It was like, he has to be on. Mm -hmm. We got to get him on here. Uh, So it's, I'm just thrilled that you're getting to do this with, with us.
1: I'm very excited to, to be here. It's kind of like, I'm a fan. I'm such a fan of, of the show, but what's interesting is, um, that I, so my relationship with, with the MCU is, I've read comics my whole life, but I was a DC guy. Mm -hmm. And I was a Batman guy and a Superman guy. And, um, my my entree into Marvel movies was the original X-Men films, you know, that came out in 2000, yeah. 2002. And um, I was slow to come to the MCU. And obviously like Avengers was huge, but I wasn't vested in kind of all those movies, but I kind of, I kept up with them and watching and stuff. And when I started working, because that's how I know Jude mm-hmm. through work, um, When I I started working with Jude, we had a lot in common with comic books and fantasy and theology. And I think that was part of the spark of what got me even more into the MCU and discussing it and really kind of getting vested in it. And so what's exciting for me is because I've since moved from that job and moved out of the state, having this podcast was a way to kind of connect back up more regularly with Jude. And exactly what you said, I, I would... I would live tweet or live text the episodes to Jude <laughs> when I was listening. And then he would tell me, we're recording now. So I'd say, say this, you know, and I'd get shout outs and I'd rewind it and play it for my wife in the car and be like, that's me. And she's like, you're a door. So <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. So I, uh, I'm, I'm super, I got into it with WandaVision, went back and listened to some of your back catalog and, uh, have just it's been such an engaging experience. The, the the last time I felt like this was when I watched Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came out and I know there's like various perspectives on that, but this really feels like that. It was just the mo- it was the most engaging show to to watch week by week and there yeah. was all this easter egg hunting and theory making and you know J- J- Trey i i will get into this later but i i was you know i was critical of the grains of sand and everything <laughs> but i had my experience the part of the reason why i'm critical now I'm, I'm just reflecting on this is because when i was watching Lost, i did that mm-hmm. weekly and then like you'd have to wait a whole summer for
3: mm-hmm. for
1: the next season and you just spin out of control with your theories yeah. and it just forced me to like really do the Occam's razor thing, which is like the most <laughs> logical, cheapest thing that the show runners can do is what they're going to do. Like that's yeah. just what they're going to do. And now that's kind of like where I am in terms of watching, watching these shows. It's like, nope, doesn't make sense. Can't do it. Not going to happen, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, nope, nope. So um, I've been inspired, I guess I would say, to to revisit that time in my life and, and get, get into this again. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. No, like all of that is just high compliments and I really appreciate it. And to, to speak a little bit more, because you mentioned like this is a way for you to reconnect with Jude. This podcast, that's how our, I, I hope it's not too far to say, our friendship has started. And so I want to say... Sorry that I called you Thanos in, re- in the regards <laughs> to the grains of our sand and I genuinely do appreciate that that, was that back and forth of like keeping us in check. So
1: I. Oh, man. yeah well I don't know if you tell you but I'm not team cap. Either. Oh no <laughs> this is it this is the first it is. It uh, is. I'm team vision actually Like I remember when <laughs> in, in that in that movie when vision spoke, in civil war, when he speaks, I was like, That's it. He's he's right. Sorry. Can't
0: So for those what? keeping nope. for those <laughs> keeping track, Team Stark Zero, Team Vision one, Team Cat literally everyone else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, that's no so good. Wait, I'm sorry.
0: I I'm sorry. Stark won. I, I didn't mean to Stark knock out two won, you,
2: too. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> oh, this is going to be good.
2: Well, okay. Yeah. I do, though, remember watching Civil War and thinking to myself, once Vision spoke, he has the Mind Stone. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, I, so I, I, I get where Daniel's coming from on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well we had that conversation, Jim. Yeah.
1: And but that's the problem like that's like one of the problems with utilitarianism. Like it's so it's the rational you got the, the rational, right? Right. But it's like no, you got the idealist you got the idealist over here, the pragmatist and the yeah. and the guilty trait Tony's the guilty
2: Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned you know? I, I do want to ask you this. Have you enjoyed this week to week rather than the binge watch?
1: Oh
3: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so much more satisfying. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially since yeah. the show and this is what I was I was
1: reflecting on this. I can't remember who I was reflecting this, on this with, with but uh, this totally reminds me of Lost because you'd like, it's, and it's when TiVo came into fashion. Right. And so it was like, you, you'd stop, you pause, you record, mm-hmm. you'd go back and watch it again, like 15 times. You you There would be a book in the background. You'd zoom in on the book and <laughs> yeah. you'd know, be like, what does the book mean? You'd go out and buy the book and read the book yeah. and you'd find out a year later that they had no idea that the set dresser put that book there there was no meaning behind it at all but people wrote like droves of, of text on blogs and stuff about why that book was so right. important for the movie right. um and then like a season later the, the writers would somehow work it in and make it meaningful so like the writers had this relationship with the fans so it's um i like it i yeah. I, I think um that honestly and especially after this episode i want say is just it's getting more and more satisfying, um, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's such a great experience. I love That's it. That's awesome.
2: So with that, i was saying because I can tell Daniel was dying to get into the pre spoiler thoughts. So yeah, that sounds like a good place <laughs> that was to a transition. Perfect segue. I loved it up for
3: you guys. I was like, you're, you're, no, I am kidding.
2: <laughs> so yes,
0: of course, if you are listening to this, you've seen that this episode will be tackling the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season one episode five entitled Truth. Now, before we get into the spoilers, we're going to have a few moments here to just talk about our pre-spoiler thoughts. At the end, we'll have an audio cue, which will take us into the spoiler zone, and that's where everything will be fair game. So before we begin, uh, we'll start with you. Daniel, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts for this episode? I do. This is actually the portion of the
1: show I was most nervous about, (laughs) because I don't want to... Break the rules, uh-huh, right? Which right. you guys you know, just cut it out. But so, so, and I, I ran this by Jude beforehand, so he said it's okay. So, <laughs> Shifting the blame. As, so yeah, so so, Trent, if there's anything wrong, you can blame me. Um, so if uh, it, it, you know, I've watched a lot of TV. I've watched a lot of finales, and I'm, I'm, I, I really do think that Disney's being intentional about. You know this is I, I honestly think this is a one shot i don't know if we're going to get more seasons of falcon the winter soldier I, I don't i i personally don't think so i don't think right. that's what they're going for so i'm thinking about the next episode as the finale mm-hmm. of a show mm-hmm. and so this is the penultimate episode which is as important as the finale like it's, it's in and so um i'm thinking back to some of the best penultimate episodes for season finales of lost or other mm-hmm. shows And I watched this episode and at the end of it, I was like, that, that was, that was like the, probably one of the best, you know, lead-ins to a finale that I, that I can remember. And so that's my pre-spoiler thought that it was just, it was, it was, there were so many dimensions to it that were engaging in preparation for, uh, for a finale. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'll say. Mm -hmm.
2: Nice. You know what? I'm going to agree with Daniel on that. I feel like... There's part of me that I, I feel like there's hints of potential setting up down the line and you hear things. Uh, but I do agree that with Daniel that it is the – the coming into it, it was – this was going to be the only season. Um, well, you know, I mean, you develop these characters, you push them along. Uh, I think for this episode, the, what I – I think it finally gave me what I wanted to see um out of sam Uh um you know and i'll I'll drop it there um and then also thinking about you know you mentioned that penultimate episode and thinking about how wandavision went um and i know there was some issues with covid and and some of that other stuff but where they there's clearly stuff left to do in the finale whereas in wandavision it was kind of like we just ran out of time we're going to pick up right where we left off kind of feeling going into the finale a little bit for me, um, Mm -hmm. the, the way that those two played off each other. Uh, so yeah, so that, I think that's what my pre-spoiler thoughts are. What about you, Trey?
0: So for me, uh, it it feels like this episode is jam packed with story beats that I feel like I've been missing. And I think you kind of alluded to it as well, Jude, but at the risk of being reductive, because there's so many important things, but I think the easiest, like, macro level approach to this without spoiling it is that it felt like the shield itself had its own arc and i really mm-hmm. like that i like the way mm-hmm. that it, it was a reflection of all the stories we've been telling up until this so war. good yeah
1: but so trey i think you're totally on something <laughs> i absolutely think you're onto something given some of the imagery like oh yeah yeah yeah
0: it was yeah. really good it was
1: uh, I'll, I'll i'll reserve that for when we get to it
2: cool so let's play the sound
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue. So this is actually some feedback from Leech. So I want to make sure that I say this. It's important to note that whenever we say we're getting into the spoiler zone, this encapsulates everything up into the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point. So on the other side of this audio (laughs) cue, if you're not caught up, this is your final warning. We'll see you on the other side. All right, we're back. So like we always do, we're gonna break this up into the most important topics of the episode, which is a way for us to kind of branch off while covering everything. And the first place we're gonna start with is the other than honorable John Walker. Now this encapsulates everything to do with John Walker in regards to the fight with the shield and getting away from him, uh, having the title of Captain America stripped from him, uh, visiting Lamar's parents, everything of his story in this episode. So, uh Daniel, is there any place you'd like to start in particular with this section? He just ran away?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was literally my first thought. Like when when the show starts yeah. I'm like, he just ran away, like that's literally what he did. He literally just ran yeah. away. Well, and it's and somebody left like, okay.
2: like that's
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, who's going to like Sam and and Bucky follow him obviously, but it's just like
2: right what? But, but still i mean but, but i mean but with you right like it's just so weird I, it was
1: weird it was weird and funny i'm yeah. so
2: glad you said that because i i didn't write it down
0: but one of my first thoughts was like okay super serum the knockoff version gives you super strength but maybe not super speed because he was kind of going along pretty slow <laughs> <laughs> i've definitely seen steve run faster <laughs>
1: i will say that um I am ambivalent about this whole there. there. I mean, the things that like Sam and Bucky do obviously, and like are, are important and, and connect with me, but like John Walker himself and like the Lamar scene with his parents, like yeah. I connect with the parents and stuff, but like when John Walker is like, he's like, I just, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't. And like Joodle, like I've been listening to, to Mark Kermode on his podcast as this film critic. And he, He's, he'll say like I just don't care yeah. like I don't care about um, what happens like when he's like where did I write this yeah it's like when he's he's pacing and he's like I can't remember exactly what he said but he's like what, what did I do I should have listened and I'm like I just don't care I don't I'm mm-hmm. sorry I, I don't I, yeah that's just I didn't have that that a uh, connection that I had with everything else in this episode mm-hmm. well, and have had with John Walker in the past. Right. It's, it's, it, I guess that's my point. Yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting because I, I liked how they picked up where they left off in, in terms of the weight and feel like of the gravity of just what just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they tried to show Walker, I don't know, as reflective, maybe like, 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 like in other words, he's not just this sociopath, you, you know, mm-hmm um in there and it reminds me of i was watching you know i finished my notes and, and i started watching captain first avenger before we started recording and, and and there was that line of erskine the whole you know the the strong man or the man that has power that, that gains power doesn't respect it mm-hmm. um and yeah. it was and to me just thinking about walker you do kind of it's almost like he tries or wants to, but can't, but there's something in him that he can't, you know. And and that's what I I liked that they started off right right away.
0: Totally, it's almost that repeated visual effect of that first time they had the raid in, I believe Munich or in Germany. And whenever Walker comes out of the house after having the confrontation with a, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. And everything's kind of got like that hazy feel. That's pre-serum. We see he's having that same visual cue again after the serum and it harkens back to what you know you were alluding to with Erskine that nothing's different it's just heightened now this is right. who he's always been right. and you know Daniel you were mentioning something about how you don't care I, i'm glad you said that as well because it's it yeah. almost feels like we're past the point of sympathy for John, like we've seen he's right. created yeah. these acts. So whenever like the camera was kind of like twisting and turning around him as he was just kind of in agony on the the ground before Sam and Bucky get there, it's just like, dude, come on. Like your whole thing up to this point is that you haven't been able to hold yourself accountable and even skipping yeah. ahead to the scene with Lamar's parents. He can't reconcile. He lies he can't reconcile the truth with his own actions. And so you, you can't like buy into it anymore. And so it is kind of like that eye rolling, like, okay, whatever. And like, yeah. And, and you, I thought you were going to skip ahead to the courtroom scene, but it totally
1: tracks. Like there are moments when he totally could have gone the right, I'll say the right way. Like the, the moral Mm -hmm. way, you know, to say like, you know, in the, in the courtroom, you know, he, he, um, well, let me start. Like in 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 the beginning, he says, "You know, are we going to do this?" You know, and and he's like, "You don't have to do this." And Bucky's like, "Yeah, we do." Yeah, he doesn't have to fight them, mm-hmm. right? But he does, right? You know, and then and then he finds a pretext, a pretext like, "Oh, this is what it's about. It's about the shield. It's about getting the shield." Mm-hmm. You know, and then fast forward to the courtroom. Um, first of all, it, I was I was. Actually profoundly moved by that to a point, but like when they zoom in on him and he's delivering his he's saying something, he looked exactly like his father. Okay. I was actually shocked
3: uh-huh.
1: at how much he looked like yeah. his father. I didn't know if, if you guys if that resonated with you, but it, it struck me um that he's got he's kind of got the chops but then but then he he starts you, i start losing him again he says, you beat, built me." You know, and, and then he just, he, he loses, he right. loses me. He just like, he almost gets that sympathy, but then he lo- he loses me again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, like you said, Trey, with the the scene with, with Lamar's parents, the same thing. He's had, he's got an opportunity to kind of turn it around and mm-hmm. he doesn't.
2: So interesting. I have, okay, two things. I liked the, you built me line and, and only cause it, yeah. some of the things we, uh, Trey and I talked about in the last episode that the show seemed to hint at was just the whole treatment of soldiers and PTSD for the things that they do. Right. And, and so that, and so yeah. that, Howardy having had that conversation last week, the you built me line kind of, you know, the track. um, Yeah, tracked and resonated with me. Uh, also, thinking about when he met Lamar's or went to see Lamar's parents, did you guys get the sense that? So he lied about who killed Lamar to justify his actions, right? right. And, but you could also see in his face that, like, there was a mix of believing the lie but knowing it wasn't true and thinking about, "I gotta go get this. I gotta go get Carly." Mm-hmm. Did he, do you think he lied or changed the narrative for the medals of honor? Mm. Like, like I, we don't have anything text wise other than this, but I, it just. Seeing that he was willing to do that, it, I kind of read it read it that way.
1: It, it could be, it could be, because I was wondering about how the because in my notes, Jude, I, I wrote um, they blackballed him. They're literally creating a monster. When and then his response is, "You built me," and that he had my sympathy. Mm-hmm. But then he lost it when he storms out and he says, "They just don't understand what it takes to be Captain America." He lost me there. And what it made me think of, like his conversation with Lamar when he's like, the things we had to do. I don't, maybe, maybe not, but it, but that's the story that he had to tell.
3: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like, like that's the story he had to tell. And it was, uh, there's obviously unreconciled trauma from that experience.
3: Yeah. And it's
1: not great. Here I am empathizing. Here, Here I am giving him his due. Like you everyone says you're a hero and sees you're a hero, but it's built on a lie. Yeah. yeah, that's not that's not a good that's not a good place for a for a human being to be no. in.
0: That's not a good place. Well, I could just read you straight from my note because I, I didn't go quite far out there with saying like, oh, did he <sighs> you know lie about the Medal of Honor? but my notes really fits in in that line of thinking because I was talking about how he can't reconcile the truth with his actions. and because of mm. this, he keeps telling the story that needs to be heard and mm-hmm. the people closest to him keep helping reassure him and enabling the bad behavior so it's this cycle of like repeating yeah. this train wreck that's just continually happening and it's just it's hard to watch and cuz we we talked about how there's no sympathy for john but it is the scene having the the title of captain america stripped away from him and the, him saying you built me that is the part that I start to feel sympathetic for him and it helps connect to some other things we'll talk about as well but look at the way the government was handling it they yeah they stripped him of his his titles they stripped him of his benefits that were coming after it and one of the things that stuck out to me was like they said this is retroactive to the month at the start of the month as if that would make any yeah. difference but they're wiping their hands clean so <laughs> it's bizarre yeah and so it goes in line with what you were bringing up last week Jude of you know, you're fit to serve, but when it comes time to need the assistance and the care afterwards, you know, the moment right. it's not convenient anymore, just completely stripped away. And that was, that was really hard.
2: Yeah. Well, and you could see it throughout the entire episode that he's looking to kill again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. when Bucky and Sam fought him, there was a lot of, I mean, I get it. They're fighting, but you can just tell the moves he was doing, like there were intentional kill shots. Kill yeah.
1: Um, that was a brutal fight. Yeah. I, re- I went and wrote that on my second watch. I was like, this fight's especially brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just the way it was shot. But like, I think you're, you're getting it for me is it, it was like these, it was these like kill shots. Yeah.
2: Well, well it was like, yeah. he took the, the shield and tried to to bring it down on Sam the, you know, the force he threw it at Bucky. Um, Like he, he was trying to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and only bring that up. Cause you go back to, you know, we've, first see him at the beginning of episode two and lamar tells him like you can't punch your way out of this yeah you know so so we so they've had you know he's had that streak in him from the very beginning
0: yeah just to touch on this fight scene before because we're, we're still in the john walker section but if if we move away from this i, I do want to say i think the thing that struck me the most from this opening scene is i didn't want anybody to have the shield at that moment like it felt like mm-hmm. after everything that happened in the last episode where John kills the person and it was covered in blood and then seeing everything that they had to do to strip the shield away from John, I just, it didn't feel worth it to me. And I, I think yeah. there's mm-hmm. there's more cues of that Civil War theme in this scene, uh, Captain America Civil War. And it's mm-hmm. just that to me, as I, as I mentioned in the pre-spoiler thoughts of this this arc of the shield, this is with, like the lowest point for me. It's just like, totally. man, this is so hard. Yeah. There's no winners. Nobody won. I guess is the thing I want to get at. Yeah, because they had to break his arm
1: to get it. Yeah, him yeah. Like they had to literally break his arm. They had to almost mm-hmm. kill him to get him to stop. Like they did everything they could not to kill yeah. him. Like it's wild. Yeah.
2: Well, and it was interesting. I don't, I don't know if they did this intentionally or not. But when they were removing it, it reminded me of them trying to take the glove off of Thanos.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, wow. just
2: the. Wow. He, that And just to show, I think, how powerful he was. You know, it took both of them pulling on it and Sam using his thruster.
0: Yeah. Man, they continue to have so many creative ways to find. Because in this fight, Sam is the only non super soldier, but he goes toe to toe because he has that benefit of the, the wings. And I yeah. love that. The creativity has yeah. been amazing this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dare I say he had guts, Trey? Okay. All right. All right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So just to set up another thing within this section, you know, we talked about how uh, the government strips him of his titles. Uh, you know, he's kind of lost and still in that section where he needs somebody to be there for him. And unfortunately, the person who shows up is a new character played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus by the name of Val. So this feels like...
1: Contessa Valerie Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. You're, only,
2: you're only allowed to say Val in your head. <laughs> I don't even think she. I don't even think she pronounces it right. Well, even the way she flops the line. Well, even you know what? Like I know, I know, because even even when she said it, the look on her face, especially the second time through, it was almost like she didn't
1: even care. Like she didn't care about what what her getting a line right. But I'd have to go back and watch to be absolutely sure. But that's the impression I got just from her whole demeanor and her face.
2: Yeah, because it felt like. The demeanor of her face and the way she said it, it felt like like if I'm gonna stay in world, somebody else gave her that, and that's not her actual name. Uh-huh. like it was a chore to say. yeah, because she's a
1: fantastic actress yeah. I mean, she's she's perfect. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, i I really love the actress. I don't know if I like the character. Like there was something about it that felt off. And I yeah. don't know if that's by design of the show because clearly we're not supposed to trust them. But there is something. Yeah. There was something about the way that she came into the scene and was like, "This is my name. You're not going to remember it, but you better remember it." Also, hot. Like she just kept like yeah. saying <laughs> so much and not letting anybody say anything.
1: And she just gets. hands her the card like without even yeah. looking what? at her, and then has a super condescending comment like, "Oh, you married the <laughs> firecracker, firecracker yeah. of a girl over here, you know." And she's like, "The card's blank. It's like a joke. It's a. It's almost like a yeah. Gag. It's cartoonish, you know." Um, but 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 you know I, this is extra this is extra extra world. But I if you if you Google or June could speak to this. But I, I know we you guys generally shy away from that right. stuff. But like she has right. a history in in the in the Marvel. Yeah.
2: I, okay. So depending on what they want to, I will go this far with it. Depending on what they want to do with her, they have some options. You know, like she was originally created by Jim Steranko as a love interest for Nick Fury. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Back in the seventies. So I know she spent some time with shield. I know she's done some, some other things. I'll let other people, you know, go to our discord and there's talks about it already, but I, w- I will say this, there are potential attachments through the comic to secret invasion. And we know that show's coming out. Oh. Um, and, and so with that in mind, like they have a lot of potential ways they could go with it. Like, she could be a scroll for all we know like I, I mean you mm-hmm. know and, and that would kind of make sense on the you know like hey I don't uh, really want to be yeah. doing this like as yeah. a, you know um but there's there's a lot of ways they could they could take that I think at this point that's a really good
0: call in the scroll comment I didn't even think about that being the reason for yeah it's possible yeah <laughs>
1: <kidding. laughs> I think they'd be wasting the actress, like if that was if that was true. But it's not <laughs> okay. wasting
0: her because she's still a person that the scroll is mimicking. It just may not be her in the yeah, moment. yeah. That's true. That's true. So I think unless there's any other things to bring up, the last thing we have to tackle in this John Walker section is we finally got a post credit scene in this penultimate episode, yeah. which features John Walker creating his own shield and just to... who who is the well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I I know there's a scene there's an end tag in one of the Iron Man
1: movies where something similar is happening.
0: The only end tag I can think of is quote unquote an end tag, was in game where we heard the sound of Tony hammering. Yeah, but I don't know if we ever saw a scene of somebody working on it post
2: credit. Hmm. That okay, mm. so that this end tag really bothered me because it made me think of Tony in mm-hmm. Iron Man and Tony at in game, you know. It, yeah, how dare so they? I know, right? It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like, like seriously, how dare they? Um, and then the other, my other thought was, will that shield really fly? <laughs> it's not made of vibranium. Is that really gonna fly? <laughs>
0: so I just wanna, I want to read my notes straight off the sheet. Man, Walker is unhinged. But building his own shield—is it that'll stand up to vibranium? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's he's like Bizarro captain uh-huh. america like in the superman myth- mythos there's this character named bizarro superman and he's like the reverse of yeah superman in his <laughs> ways and like i, I just had that thought yeah. bizarro captain so, america But i think you're right
2: i think that's completely the way the way they're wow. taking them so this intact does make me think about what's going to happen in this next episode
1: mm-hmm. well ho- hold on hold on i think we should save that for
0: the prediction section. okay cool, cool. cool wow cool. i'm excited <laughs> wow we are in sync even in scary ways <laughs> oh man anyways uh getting back to the episode i i think that is going to wrap up uh our section with john walker and that's going to bring us into our next section uh which we have titled here closure and that that basically features everything with Bucky, Zemo, and the Wakandans. So, Jude, if we want to go with you this time, uh, do you have any thoughts on this section?
2: Zemo, Bucky, and the Wakandans. Um, You know what? I really... Two things. A, I really liked that they went back to Sokovia Memorial. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I don't know why. I just... Returning to that place, um, because it got mentioned um, in Civil War, because we saw some of Sokovia, I guess, in the, the WandaVision... Flashbacks, um, I don't know something mm. about that, um, and I think I really gained a lot of respect for Zemo in that, like he was went peacefully with the Wakandans, so like that. I'm just taking it as as you know he did his piece and was going back to prison. Um, you know, so so there was this element. Uh, I do wish that Bucky had said his. Li- I I get why they didn't, but I kind of wish Bucky had set his line. About I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. James Buchanan Barnes. Mm. But because every time we've seen it before, it was almost kind of a, a, it was a joke to him. And I thought here would have been a really good place for him to say that, though, in a meaningful way. You know. Yeah. Um. And so, so I, I wish they would have done that.
1: I, I um I hadn't thought of that, Jude. Um, and I I have some thoughts about it, but this scene was amazing to me. It was just, it was truly amazing. And it and it because so many things happen um zemo zemo changes um he's already crossed his name off yeah. in the book and he's already decided not to kill bucky which is like great you know, he's I mean? right. like thanks you know but like for zemo that's a big yeah deal zemo was an absolutist oh yeah he is no longer an absolutist he knows bucky's coming here to kill him and bucky is a killer and he has already crossed his name off and he's already telling him, I'm not going to kill you, fully expecting Bucky to kill him. Yeah. And so he's on to a road to, not redemption, but like change. Mm-hmm. And then Bucky comes and doesn't kill him, which I think Zemo was truly, I think he was surprised. I don't know. I think he was That's surprised. That's how I took it. And he shares his, the truth, he shares with him something that he wasn't going to share with him. He probably would have discovered it when he opened his book as a kind of like last homage to Zemo, like, Oh, he crossed off his name in my book. But th- when he doesn't kill him, he's like, he tells him like, I crossed off my name. And it, I was, <laughs> I was amazed. I was like, this is cause it, cause like you said, really unexpl- like g- going back to Sokovia brought up all those emotions. It closes the book in, in, in a lot of ways for, for, um, for many characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I, uh, I'm unfortunately going to be the party pooper in this scene. Right. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not so a So I, huh? I will
0: say this before I get into my my reasoning, uh, Daniel. I you I think you helped me gain some appreciation for this scene. I think my problem with this is that so much of this season has been about power and ends justifying the means being a dangerous road. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So to have mm-hmm. Bucky come into this scene of going through the motions of like I'm going to kill Zemo just to scare him feels off. Like it felt it felt weird to me because Bucky clearly knows that he's not going to uh-huh. kill him because he has the bullets in his hand. Zemo doesn't know. That's why he has genuine fear. But if this moment's mm. supposed to be about Bucky learning to accept that what Zemo's done is done and let him go. Like, and I say what he's done as far as like manipulating him in Civil War. Right. If that's the moment we're supposed to have here, having Bucky fake amount feels needlessly antagonistic and it, to me and maybe this is this is because we always talk about like how much do we want the show to hold her hand versus how much are we supposed to infer to me i think i would have liked it a little bit more if bucky admitted that he made a mistake for breaking zemo out to justify the means and less of mm-hmm. like okay i'm generous and gonna let you go because mm-hmm. in this case all the momentum of lesson learned is through zemo and it it feels like Bucky is the one that needs to have the lesson learned.
1: So you think, I, I don't, I don't know if I agree. I don't
0: think Bucky um, is regret. Do you
1: think Bucky is regretful for lo- breaking out Zemo? Mm,
0: I don't know if, I don't, I know, don't know if see we've that. seen text of him being regretful, but, yeah, I but think about that. there's, there's this having Zemo be a part of our protagonist. Well, I shouldn't say protagonist cause that isn't good or bad. Having Zemo be a part of the quote unquote, good guy's, plans to help you know save the day gets very gray whenever you have uh because i shared this tweet with jude i think i put it in the discord i can't remember it gets into this weird gray area when zemo kills nagel and they all just keep going along anyway and they're complicit with Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so if you don't have like they didn't have bucky wrestling with whether or not he regrets it but it does feel like there needed to be some owning up to that moment of what has been the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, consequences of having Zemo mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As you just saying, I think that's a fair point. The the thing I would push back on mm-hmm. was, I thought it was just a clever creative way. Uh, Cause if Zemo's convinced, you know, Bucky's a killer. Yeah. I think this is a, a clear demonstration that, Hey, I'm no longer a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Re- I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit more forceful um, than just Bucky saying, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. Y- y- you know? And, and so it adds a little bit more uh, dramatics to it. And so mm-hmm. I, so I, I don't know. So, so I do, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't, I think that they still tried to do it because that, you know, going there with the unloaded gun, um, you know, intentionally um, I think they were trying to do that, but, but you're, you're right. It's a fair point. of to just saying, you know they didn't. There was those consequences. You know.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. And, and the the Nick, yeah, go ahead. I'll be honest. I just hate the dancing. No, I'm
3: kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you get like an hour of it now.
1: They released the the the, yeah. the Zemo cut. Um, yeah. Uh, I hadn't. It's funny. So like the reason why I thought this was good writing was because of the. The shifts in character that happens. It happens, I feel like it happens mm-hmm. multiple times in, in this one mm-hmm. scene. And um, I feel like you picked up on this, Trey, when you talked about, you. you I mean, you all, you guys both agreed about it, but like Trey, you're the one brought up about WandaVision, how like she didn't really <laughs> apologize <laughs> and she just kind of like, yeah, bye bye, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and then, um, and then um, here, but I, I don't think that Bucky feels bad killing someone who deserves it. Mm-hmm. And um, like Nagel, they didn't, that kind of just happened. And they're like, crap, yeah. you know, which it's like, how much responsibility? They didn't expect him. I don't know. M- maybe they should have been smarter. But like, that dude was pretty bad. Like, he was very, very, cl- Nagel was very mm-hmm. clear with them. Like I am going to finish this. I don't care what you you. He basically said you have to put a bullet in my head in order to stop Mm -hmm. me from doing this.
3: Yeah. Well, he said I am a god, and
1: that just (laughs) demonstrate how serious Zemo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a god. Yeah. So it's like, and then and then what I loved about this scene is that it 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 provided a place. it, It was another moment of closure. Um. Oh my gosh. And it and it kind of it maybe it does in an implicit way before. So Sam tells Bucky later. I know this bring up something to like help other people mm-hmm. find closure. And like, does he do that for Zemo here? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. You know, is this like, is this like a a like a like a foreshadowing of that advice Sam gives him because mm-hmm. he's in his book. Zemo's yeah. in his book. Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. throwing it out there. Got to think about it.
2: Yeah. Uh. Well. I, okay. Well, I'm just thinking like he didn't. I mean, clearly he didn't have Sam's advice at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think right. what he did would count. He's not. He's not giving anything. To right. About. Well, I would. You don't think he's giving him some sort of closure? I would
0: say my my argument for this. I think Zemo gives Bucky closure, not the other way around. Yeah. And Sam's Definitely. advice mm-hmm. was, you need to help give closure to others. Mm-hmm. So in a way, in a way, mm-hmm. Zemo is putting into practice Sam's. Advice, which is what I was feeling, because like I I I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I think you all brought up great points about why this scene is powerful. It's just I feel like that should be Bucky's moment. But given that this is the penultimate episode, this could be something that's still tackled in the finale. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, definitely. And uh, and that's the thing. Now I feel like I'm reading too much into it, Uh, because you I could maybe going to the Sokovia Memorial uh-huh. is doing something for Zemo
3: because
2: mm-hmm. only because he brought it up, you know, I bet you've never been. Um, but but the only problem. Uh, he basically told Buck he going to go. But that's, that's right? my. Because Zemo's never seen it, right? Right. Zemo's right. never seen it. I, I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't imagine so. And so like that's, that would be my problem with it too, is you didn't go there because Zemo hit a chord with you and was like, oh, I'm going to go see this. You went because you're mm-hmm. looking for Zemo. Yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. and if
0: anything I think that would play into why Zemo was so surprised because when he tells Sam and Bucky about it he says like oh I bet you two have never visited there have you with the implication like they've been out and mm-hmm. free and he doesn't expect mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say he puts them on pedestals because that has some idolation to it but mm-hmm. like he he views them as people who believe they're above it all with their power yeah. and so the fact totally. that they never went there like he's disgusted and so maybe this is seeing Bucky show up as him coming to terms with like maybe there is some flaws in my logic yeah.
2: in fairness Bucky yeah. would never have had a chance to go see it so <laughs> but, I mean he was on the run right <laughs> through yeah. civil war and then he went oh, to Wakanda oh, and then he God. got dusted for five years <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's only been back for a few months, you know? When are going to go see it? Oh, my gosh. I got to say, oh when I was
0: taking notes, I didn't think we were going to have this much into the closure section. I'm so glad we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just love this scene. Yeah, like I really it said, liked it. You, you helped really me find a new it. appreciation for it. So I definitely want to revisit it again. Yeah. There. But moving along, uh, this is going to bring us to our next important topic, which is Isaiah's story. So... This entails everything with Sam going to visit Isaiah in Baltimore, learning about the true history of what happened to him for being a super soldier, why he was imprisoned, and how Isaiah views the idea of a black man being Captain America. So uh, just to start out this time uh, with me, I, I think the most sobering part of all of this is Isaiah's story mirroring the exact same story for steve so we we, you know so much of this season we've been making parallels to steve would have done this steve would have done that this is how these people aren't measuring up to steve in various ways isaiah did the exact same thing we praised steve for and he got punished for it and that was just Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. really hard to settle with and to to set the scene you know captain america the first avenger steve breaks out bucky and his uh troops out of camp because they were just going to get rid of them they were just going to leave him behind Right. Isaiah does the same thing here mm-hmm. for the people that were also tested on in his troops. And that's where he became imprisoned. Mm. It's hard, man.
3: I didn't
1: remember that. So that's, that's, a, that's an amazing, um, mm-hmm. parallel, but, um, it's like, um, you know, as the, as this was unfolding, um, I'm, I was excited because <laughs> <for Jude laughs> he called it, but also I'm like, uh, it's like yeah. devastating. But, but it's also like an oncoming train. I mean, like like um, um, maybe in the first episode, Jude, you made the comment like I, this is like Sam taking, not taking the shield like, is mm-hmm. like Sam taking a knee, you know, um, yeah. it, it, with the national anthem. And I I, I thought, I, I always yeah. thought you were onto something there. But like after the next couple episodes, it was clear, especially after meeting yeah. Isaiah the first time, that right. this was coming. Like this was coming and it was gonna be bad. Um, the experiments on him are, are mirror a, a real life experiment done on 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 black people called the Tuskegee experiments where they were given given yeah. all kinds of diseases and, and and so it just resonates with real history. So it's not just like a way to like insert inject woke politics into a story. This is paralleling a very real thing that's happened and and, and so it's like, it's devastating, it is. but it, it just, it just puts, it puts it right in your face to say like, and it's really, I think it's kind of beautiful how Sam who is, is definitely has that the idealism mm-hmm. of Steve, like mm-hmm. it comes out here in full force. Like, no, I don't believe, what, what does he say? He says, tell me why it's, it's wrong. What is it, what's the line? Um, I can't walk on talk. Um, <laughs> He says, um, if you ain't bitter, you're blind. And Sam says, I wanna yeah. understand. And he's like, You don't yeah, then he says, You don't if you ain't bitter, you, you're blind. You're blind and he's like, No, I don't, tell me. And I mean I don't think I don't think Sam's naive, but I, I do think he, he's wrestling with this idealism and his his experience and also Isaiah's story, which is clearly just right. devastating for him. Yeah. Well
2: he mentions right in there about the red tails the the coming home yeah you know crosses on fire in the in the front yards and sam says i'm from the south i know about all that you know and and i found it interesting for me at the beginning of this scene sam is very much sees captain america as steve the person yeah and in, in that relationship mm-hmm. uh where isaiah sees it completely different like captain america is a symbol the great white hope right yeah, you're right. You said it. Yeah. And so and and so seeing that I don't want to say disconnect, but 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 a, a very different experience of the same thing. And and the two of them I don't want to say coming to an understanding, but the two of them are are having this conversation and Sam being able to to understand, listen and see what someone else's experience was really that that was something I really appreciated in the scene. Yeah. You know. Um, and you're right, he, you know, Isaiah had that line, you know, the three, the three lines, the pledge allegiance to that, my brother, uh, they will never let a black man be Captain America, even if they did, no Mm self-respecting black man would ever want to be, you know, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I, we see Sam wrestle with that, you know, when he talks to his sister later in the episode and even Bucky mentioned brings it up. Um, and I, I know we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but
1: Yeah. I said I said that 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 just laid the challenge out. It just it's it's a catch 22 and it's a very right. high bar for Sam because we know it's coming. It's not like he's not going to be Captain America right. at the end of this series. I mean, unless I don't know, like I mean, that's it. He has to mm-hmm. live with himself. He has to live with himself if he is going right. to be Captain America. And that means wrestling with this. One thing I wanted to say, Jude, is the, the so you said, I hope we get Sam's story, but in, in like an essential part of that is mm-hmm. Isaiah's story. And you. When, when we were originally talking about the, the topics, this was cast as history of Isaiah. And I changed it to Isaiah's story because it made me think of, like, we're getting Sam's story, but we're no. not really getting Sam's story. We're getting the story that he's a part of because, like, Sam's young. And, you know, he doesn't have this tragic back. We know his story. He was raised in New Orleans. With his family on his boat, mm-hmm. and they had struggles, you know, and he talked about. It. But there's there's no like frozen for fifty years or whatever. It's it's like it, it, Isaiah's story is his story, and the story of of, of racism yeah. is his story. So that's where that's where I like it. Just it blew it up for me. It just totally it took what we were expecting, and just it just brought all the all the the, the tensions to surface level and made them mm-hmm. very clear. And, 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 and then located in Sam as like the one, he's like, this is, I need to deal with this. And then the question is, does it pay off as going forward, whether or not you think that's happened already? I think it has, but like how that's going to play out in, in the final, in the final episode, Mm -hmm. um, at least for the, for the public, you know,
0: you know, I, I want to touch on something, um, said a, a few minutes ago about it being almost like a catch 22 of, you know, what Sam's supposed to do in this moment. Um, because you're right in that this is and I, and I always feel like I need to just always say clarity clearly, you know, I I can only do my best to speak to these stories that they're telling clearly, I haven't experienced this, um, but trying to understand of what, what they're going for, of clearly that racism and that level of um at least in Sam's case, the small acts of of microaggression, of being denied the bank loan, being mm-hmm. profiled with Bucky, like all these mm-hmm. ways that continuously built up uh, on Sam, um, it is mirrored in Isaiah. And right. the thing that I walked away from that line, because you, you quoted the line about they'll never let a black man be Captain America. The thing I wrote in my notes is you can't blame Isaiah for being as scorned as he is. No. Like how... How do you make amends for atrocities on that level done to a singular person, which, as bad as it is, is still just one person on the macro level of an entire race that has been treated this way? And it's I I think, Daniel, you mentioned like he's not Sam's not naive. But another thing I wrote is, like, how do you hold on to that hope that things can be better, that things are Mm -hmm. different, like Sam Mm -hmm. wants to believe and. This is where it's hard because everything with Isaiah is a parallel to real world tragedies. And (laughs) I talk about like the fantasy of Captain America is who we're supposed to be rather than who we are. And that's, I think, what is so sobering is because I don't want that to just be a fantasy, but this show is making us... Let me rephrase. I don't want uh, the idea of who we're supposed to be being this fantasy fantasy of a superpowered person. That's the only way it can come forward, mm-hmm. and that's what's hard about this because this show is making us. And ing- it's almost like it's grabbing yeah. our face, and-, and it's just like, look, this is real, and it's mm-hmm. tough, man.
1: Trey, do you remember what Sam does when he picks up the shield after taking it from Walker? He
0: wipes the blood off.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. it was
1: incredible. I was just like, after all that, and after what just happened, like everyone seeing it and videoing it and him murdering that guy, like so coldly. And then the first thing Sam does after Bucky throws, Bucky throws the shield on the ground and gives him this look that I can only interpret as this is, you did this. Yeah, Yes, this is your fault. Like you, if you had just taken the shield and, and I say that because he apologizes yeah. mm-hmm. later. He gives him an actual, he says, I owe you an apology. Then he says, I'm sorry. He actually says it after he says, I owe you an apology. But, but like Sam picks up the shield and the first thing mm-hmm. he does is wipe off the blood. And that mm-hmm. was yeah. so moving to me. But like, Trey, you're totally right. It's like, if you want this symbol to work, you have to, you have to reconcile mm-hmm. the history mm-hmm. that we are confronting. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know? Because it's either been whitewashed, it's because it's yeah. been whitewashed up to this point. Well, tracing the shield,
2: um, well, and that was the last time in this episode we saw the shield until, yeah, the training. In other words, it was, just to kind of echo your point, it was, it was blood, Sam was wiping it off, he even brought it to Isaiah, and Isaiah mm-hmm. says, no, don't take that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, talking about reconciling the history of what that shield represents, you know, it's the last time we see it is bloody then we're given you know isaiah's story yeah uh, before we even see it again Mm -hmm. and and we see it in a situation where sam is is not necessarily good with it right like he he's kind of trying to figure it out
1: Mm -hmm. I'll, i'll say jude too that that what's what's fascinating so sam is i think sam is the first thing I thought of was like, that's exactly what Steve would do. Like Steve would go and give the shield mm-hmm. to the rightful person that he mm-hmm. believes is Captain America. She's so like, Isaiah is Captain America. I need to give him the shield. And mm-hmm. Isaiah's like, no, yeah. put that away. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that. And he's like, I'm not taking it because of all this, all this stuff There's too much pain. I've been erased. Mm-hmm. Leave me be. And and, and it's, it's hard and it, it puts a lot on Sam, but like, it's too, I don't, I don't know. I don't I've, I'm beyond my element as a white man um, yeah. to be able to articulate this. Uh, but it's, it's to me, it's profoundly mm-hmm. moving to witness um, and certainly yeah. something that I needed to yes. hear.
0: I'm so glad you brought up the idea of Isaiah talking about being a race like I mean, he had they declared him dead. Like that was the only way that he could continue to get him out. Yeah. Is to be declared Uh dead. And even when Sam wants to help him, he's like, I've got connections now I can, I can fix this. And he says, you know, Yeah, we
1: need to tell, I wrote the quote. He says, uh, we got to tell someone we got to do something. I tried to note the places where I thought Sam was being very much like Steve or like Uh carried that kind of optimism that like, that like, not to say that Stan's like Uh exactly like Steve, but he's like got that character that virtuous character. And that's like, that's one of those examples. I, yeah. He's like, we got to tell somebody, mm-hmm. we got to do something, you know, and, and, and continue. <laughs> no, trying, no, no, no. Sorry. No, that
0: was glad. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. You know, the, the only thing that I was going to say is to wrap up that entire point is to draw this parallel because I've been trying to stay away from this because this is important to keep it focused on Isaiah and Sam. But Jude, you mentioned something about reconciling the truth of the shield. And I love the way y'all mentioned that the first time we see it, it's all bloody. We don't see it again till the end. And you have to face this truth. This is the facing the truth that John Walker cannot do. Mm -hmm. And it's like why he's continues left in this unsatisfied story circle for himself. And here Sam is embracing it head on. And I I really like that. So again, thank you all for helping me get to that.
2: Well, I was just going to, I just, the last thing I have is I was just going to echo what Daniel said in terms of this scene is something especially after episode one and two what i wanted to see yeah and there was an element that i agree where it's like it's also difficult um to talk about as again a white male right Mm -hmm. but it was something that i wanted to see and felt like needed to be shown Mm -hmm. um you know some i'm i'm, I'm hmm. somebody texted me I asked was like so are you happy are you happy we got to see sam in, in this uh-huh. uh, and i was like yes <laughs> yes we <laughs> needed this like yeah. yeah yeah
0: it's a level of focus that i think the series has been missing cuz we got it i believe in episode 1 and 2 3 and 4 felt like it meandered a little bit to me like it was fun but the to me would another thing that i learned is the beauty of these disney plus shows is that we can slow down for stuff like this and so i'd rather spend more time learning uh, more about these characters and more about the histories and touching on subjects like this than you know zemo dancing
2: <laughs> He really i like really hate that dance scene Jeez. that it's the embodiment <laughs> okay, of everything anyway so t- two points, Trey.
1: One, I don't know if you can have this moment without everything that's preceded it. So it's like it's taken as a whole. This works so beautifully because mm-hmm. we've been building to it, right? And we've ex- we're we're expecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they set us up for this. They were like they're setting us up for a big character development of Sam because it's gonna the, the show. I mean, spoiler, right? Like he's gonna be cast, uh-huh. right? I mean that's that's the idea. The other point I was gonna make is um, was about the, the, not pacing, but like what you said to slow down and develop these characters. I was amazed by how this, my experience of watching this episode was, was, was jarring because at the end of this scene, I wrote, um, where did I write this? I can't even remember. It was like, I looked at the clock on the, on the, the, the counter and I was yeah. like, it's only mm-hmm. halfway over. How have they done so much? And they're only halfway done this and I, it it kept repeating in my head. Mm -hmm. This feels like a finale because they're like, they're, they're doing all these huge things. And, um, that's what I wanted to say. So like, so yeah, you don't have to respond. Well,
2: no, no, no. I would say, I would say you messaged me. I did. Yeah. You messaged me when you were watching it, uh, this morning, but, but I mean, you messaged me that point. Yeah. Right. That, like you messaged me, there's 30 minutes left and they're just now leaving. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you mentioned just how efficient they, they've they been mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, I'm going to use to jump off of that point, Daniel. Uh, shout out to Nick Sandy, who I unfortunately haven't had a chance to text back today. He mentioned, too, that this felt like a finale. Um. So I, I think you're spot on there because mm. it... I know this isn't true because if if one anything to go off, go off on, we are going to have like a pretty big set piece in this finale. But I almost feel the same way I felt in some of the Game of Thrones seasons where typically there's what okay. like 9 episodes. Mm-hmm. Episode 8 was yeah. always like the biggest one. It was the and, ba- it was a the battle. They
1: set it up that way. Yeah.
0: yeah, and episode 9 was your cool down, breathe, like let everything kind of settle. Follow. And that's what, like, it almost feels like we're building up to it. Like, we got so many cathartic moments, but I know that this isn't where it's ending yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Uh,
1: I, think, I think it's good. To, I think we can move on.
0: We are going to go ahead and move on to our next important topic, uh, which is the therapeutic boating. So this entails everything uh, with Sam and his sister working on the boat, Sam and Bucky, the whole community getting together, um, uh, basically all the thematic resonance that this boat has to the story we've been seeing played out so far. So Daniel, if we want to start with you, uh, let's go around. Where would you like to start?
1: Um, Sam, I mean, Bucky and Sarah flirting was fantastic, (laughs) Uh, and it happened Right when they like it, literally, I saw it happen. I, I, it makes me wonder if the actors like it was just it was so it was so well done. It yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. So I know some people don't. Some people might not like it might not click with them, um, but it was just I just was utterly delighted. And then there was the the kind of obligatory brother comment, and and Bucky just walks away. He's like, "Yup," okay. <laughs> like, like when he's like, "I'll feed you the fish" or something. That was so good. Mm-hmm. I love a great montage and we we got several of those in this episode. I'm a big sucker for for good montages with the music.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I felt like again coming off of the scene in Baltimore that this it definitely has like a positive, very positive feeling motion where, you know, we go from this very dark subject to Sam kind of accepting, he's accepted that he can't, that, that they're, they're gonna have to sell the boat, but then he finds out that they can't. And so he he embarks on this very like life affirming, positive
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, thing where he relies on people to to help him. Mm-hmm. And he calls in favors and he's just like, you know, he, he, he puts his pride aside and just asks for help. Yeah. And it's, it's all there. And then you see this great movement between Bucky and Sam. Um, throughout you know they're fixing things and stuff it's hilarious
2: <laughs> yeah so okay so there was two moments in there one uh i sort of expected to see steve and not bucky because they didn't yeah. i don't know why like it doesn't make sense that that would happen since you know steve's dead um <laughs> but but when bucky pulled the the stuff off the truck like in my head is like oh is that gonna be steve yeah. um but no the and then <laughs> They had one shot where I think it was Sean that has at, at work that has this theory that we might end up with two caps, mm-hmm. like both of them end up with a shield. Um, and so Bucky and Bucky Sam? and Sam, and this is, and uh, and this is something that that I'm not going to flesh out here because I don't think I'd explain it as well as he, but you know he's been saying that I think a week or two now, mm. Um but. It made me there. There was one shot where you see it's like through the I don't know the cabin of the boat maybe or whatever, but up in the foreground there's a snow globe of this American yeah. bald eagle. But behind, but
1: I caught that in the second second. Yeah, wing. but
2: behind him is Bucky, and you know, so it's like, oh, are they kind of foreshadowing mm. something here? Which I don't think so. Like I'm with you. Like Sam's gonna be Cap. Like I yeah. Like this is not a a wild prediction. But, but there was some things that they've set up there that I was just kind of like. Huh? Maybe they're onto something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the counterfeit. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, I hope not. And it, it's just a it's just a side note. Just from like living on the coast for so many years, and my dad having boats and stuff, and living on the lake, and dad having boats. Boats are big money pits. They just are. <laughs> if you, you want to go out, if you want to go out on a boat, just rent one uh-huh. and make it for the day, and you'll save Aww. yourself a whole lot of money. Just say, you know. Sticking with this uh, boating
0: scenes that we have going on, um, I want to touch on something that uh, you were saying, Daniel, about the montages. And I think the thing I appreciated, because yeah, montages have always been super effective at communicating story, but the fact that it was a convergence of two storylines, mm-hmm. Sam and Bucky had their falling out at the beginning of this episode, where Bucky dropped the shield. Oh, yeah. And, and so yeah. with this montage, you have them coming together because i mean they're mm. working together to fix the boat but you also have sam and sarah are reconciling their are differences too because totally again mm. it, it all comes back to this boat i'm so in love with this boat um <laughs> just because it, it's so rich with metaphors and i love because sarah has a line of like you you know there's the fight out there and there's the fight here and you took them both on and the mm-hmm. fact that both of them come to this resolution here awesome. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And totally. to to kind of pair this up with another thought that I was having, you talked about how great it was that the community came together. Like Sam was calling in these favors. You know, at the beginning of episode one of our podcast, I not of a Falcon of the Winter Soldier, I should say. You know, I kind of went on this emotional appeal of why Captain America means so much to me. And I related it to being these small acts of kindness and mm-hmm. to have this off the previous scene with Isaiah Bradley and seeing everybody come together. Mm-hmm. I was t- like I was in tears during Isaiah's scene. I was in tears during this. It was just mm-hmm. really beautiful because, you know, I mentioned how do you make amends for something of that level of atrocities? And I, I said I didn't have an answer in my notes. I don't know if there is a clear cut answer, but the way that they're showing them treating each other and and and, and being kind was just, it felt like at, at least a pathway forward. It was a
1: bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was like a, a bomb, like a solid. to the soul. Yeah. At the very least. At the very least, because it's like they should have gotten the bank loan. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they, but with all that real and happened, um, you have you have you have family you have you, it takes a village yeah. you know as you, you have that 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 um and, and then bucky kind of showing up mm-hmm. with his gift yeah. and um um and helping and their banter is great mm-hmm. and like he, he kind of comes over and rips up the or no when he when he closes <laughs> i'm right-handed
2: <laughs> yes yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> it' well, always occur to me to use my my metal <laughs>
2: Well, yeah okay so there's that it's the thing sam was working on he ripped it off um you know but even the just the way you know uh bucky kind of fished for a place to stay oh, i'm gonna catch a plane now <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's oh, you're gonna you know you're gonna set it up like that um i don't know i, I think it was a really because it was something that we mentioned before um we haven't seen these two together a lot right right and and so some of that banter in the beginning, while it was fun, just felt, I don't know, odd to me. Whereas this one felt much more normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this felt like, like more organic, yeah more organic, yeah. like you're saying, but it's much more about them kind of finding their place and coming together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other, uh, the others were supposed to be antagonistic, but it, it didn't come across as that. It came across as more playful.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you know and and so i i really enjoyed um that elements of the the montage as well
0: Mm -hmm. well it's because it's it's the the um, the context for the banter where where it didn't feel like it's set right was in the heat of the battle but because they slowed Mm -hmm. things down and had them get to have fun here that's where it just started to feel more natural and it felt more like a sibling relationship between them two Mm -hmm. Um, yeah this is skipping ahead a little bit but whenever they kind of like hey Bucky's like, "Hey, I'll be around if you need me," and they're kind of walking away, and it's like, "We're we're partners, coworkers," and like they just kept yeah, having that so back good. and forth, like that mutual <laughs> friend who's gone. Yeah, it just that's so felt good. more amicable. And well, then he like smiles. That was really good.
1: You, you don't see Sebastian Stan smile very often. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he smiles as he walks away. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's getting ahead.
0: All right, so you know what we. We're going to make a slight change here in the outline we're going to move up ahead a a topic we had later just because it fits naturally here with some of the montages we've been having so this next important topic we're going to tackle is sam's training now this involves everything with you know sam and bucky having their conversation about the shield training with the shield as well between the two of them and sam on his own um you know basically that whole last section of sam maybe coming to terms with being Captain America. So Jude, uh, if we can start with you, what are your thoughts there?
2: I liked, and I already briefly mentioned it, I liked how in the beginning they were, uh, uh, well, as they were training together, you could see Sam, he wasn't as comfortable catching it as Bucky was. You know, Uh you could see it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this isn't, I guess what I liked about it is it showed that difference of having that serum, I guess, and Sam didn't. Yeah. Uh, but this is still something that he could do. It's going <laughs> to be terrifying. Have a shield barreling towards Oh, me. one of them, when, it, when he missed, I was like, it will kill when, you. when he missed and dodged it, I was like, that that had to break through the wall into the house. I, I just, was so <laughs> waiting to hear the glass shattering. Yeah, I know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that was one of the things I, I really liked. I thought that was a nice touch of really seeing him struggle and have to 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 work for it and seeing that he you know to show how much he wanted this
0: mm. uh huh most definitely
1: so I I there there were two two moments I might want to leave this for Trey but like I wrote in my notes kids playing with yeah. the shield when Bucky wakes up um you know holy crap Trey must be so jealous this is the best <laughs> what I wrote because <laughs> they're like they're playing with the shield like that's awesome. yeah I mean I just like
0: That's one of those scenes where, you know, they're quote unquote acting. That was probably like so cool for those kids to Uh get to like play (laughs) with the prop. So I guess you're right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, but but it's also,
1: that's bookended at the end of that Mm -hmm. scene. Not the scene, the end of that whole like movement of the episode where Sam is holding the shield and his nephew touches the shield and traces the Uh star and Sam is looking down on him, smiling. That wrecked me. And both times that I watched mm-hmm. it, I choked yeah. up yeah. And, and felt like the feels hardcore. And so I feel like the that like like and that helps like helps me it connects with your 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 perspective tray on the whole mm-hmm. episode about the the shield itself being the character that that that's just a, a pointed way to end um to end that moment you know. Where Sam is holding yeah. the shield and his nephews touch it was it beautiful, very beautiful, it was beautiful.
0: And um, and just to kind of touch on some of the notes I had. I mean, you're you're completely right of me thinking like that was so cool for the kids, <laughs> but you know, there's uh, to these kids, they're they're still very young and they have a lot left to learn. And I think we even touched on a little bit of how, in comparison to Isaiah, Sam is young, and he's kind of learning it with this yeah. history in the context of everything. So, with these kids, I thought not only is it beautiful to see that joy come out of them playing with it, look at the way the kid was holding the shield. It was pure defensive. Like he wasn't doing, Mm -hmm. he wasn't, it wasn't the aggressive way that we've seen the shield being used this entire season. And there was something beautiful about that because I think there is. Uh, representation of the optimism and almost a little bit of the naivety in those kids Mm. um and i think that's like there's a there's a perfect crossroad there of captain america because we saw whenever sam was talking to carly she called him either optimistic or naive and sam said can i be a little bit of both Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in game uh whenever steve and natasha were talking sam meant. i mean uh, Steve mentions that he saw whales in um, the Hudson, the Hudson. Yeah. and uh, Natasha says, Oh, I hate when you're hopelessly optimistic <laughs> or something like that. So this is that continuing mm-hmm. thread of like, yeah, maybe Captain America is a little bit of optimistic it's in, the uh, feature you
1: know. of his, of his
0: character. Right. Like, right. That's it's, the, what... it's the potential to be better. And that's what I love. It's because you talked about how it being like this, Um, I can't remember exactly what you said, a cleanse, like a cleanse of everything that's happened. It was Mm -hmm. rejuvenating to see these kids Mm -hmm. lift that spirit of the shield. Dude.
1: um, I remember you said that you were like rewatching a bit of the Avenger, the first Mm -hmm. Avenger. And I wonder, uh, I wondered about the music in this montage because it's definitely the Falcon, the winter soldier music, but is it also recapitulating Captain America? But also there's like these underlying Themes of like mm-hmm. the New Orleans style, mm-hmm. which would be like Sam's contribution. Is there anything to that?
2: Uh, I honestly, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, okay. that, I mean that
1: it could just be. I don't opinion.
2: think you're off though. Like I, I, think I think the MCU and these shows are clever enough to do that. Um, I just like, going back and listen to the Captain yeah, America music, like, like I, when you
1: said that, I, it's just so it's it's a it's an interesting. It's the music's interesting. Um, it gets me pumped up, and it definitely has the, the kind yeah. of jazzy, um, you know, uh, re- to- you know, resonances underlying it. I mean, it's straight up the Falcon the Winter Soldier music, right? But I'm like, is it re- recapitulating Captain America? But this is like Sam's take on it, because that's like a that's a thing that right. composers, you know, do. And, and that's it's definitely a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way. That's
2: definitely something I'd I would want to go to Spotify and just like pull them up and just play them, because okay. Um, okay. I, I I don't think you're wrong on that. I was I th- driving
0: when I had that thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah do I don't think you're wrong on that. <laughs> I think you are right, though, because I remember one of the comments on the first trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier was from the Reddit threads of, like, man, I thought the Captain America theme song was awesome already, and they just, like, turned it up to 11. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there there are influences good. of cool. that theme in this new it's theme. It's there. Yeah. And, Makes sense. Uh, again, I don't have, a like, a, a, a good ear for music when it comes to reusing themes, but I'm almost positive... That the the song the cue that they used whenever Steve lifts Mjolnir in Endgame is the same cue they used in Captain America: The First Avenger whenever Steve jumps across the bridge to uh I think save Bucky whenever mm-hmm. they had the first contact with uh, Red Skull. Mm-hmm. I want to say I I didn't get a chance to confirm this. I want to say that same cue is used again during the training montage with Sam. It's
1: the guy who doesn't have. Decided so you <laughs> like two completely independent listen
0: I'm like oh, Captain God. America fanboy so uh, you are yeah.
1: you I can I can sing Batman tunes and I just mean that I, know, I can you know all of them all of them oh that's fun so fact, good fun fact
0: I once got extra credit on it was back in middle school on like an English assignment because I knew the lyrics to the Spider-Man theme song and sing it in class <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's something, yeah. That's
2: something, teacher. A teacher, extra credit. Um, Well, something else I really liked or stood out to me from uh, this scene was this line from Bucky Uh, when Steve told me uh, what he was planning. I don't think either either of us understood what it felt like for a black man to be handed the shield. How could we? Uh, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. Um, and we talked a little bit about the, the I'm sorry um, in an earlier segment, um, but mm. I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot today and just, you know, j- just thinking about that perspective of Bucky and him and Rogers thought and handing over the shield um, and what that, I guess, meant to Sam. Um, and, and I don't know. Let, let, um, let me, this reminds me, uh
1: because 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 one of the things we've been looking for up to this point is like what are sam's motivations for not taking the shield and now it's clear to us and it makes me think of that scene i think in the second episode when they're in therapy quote unquote together and you know he sam says i just have my reasons and bucky like can't get there you know of course Sam's not telling him anything but which is fine but like here you know Bucky's articulating and I'm assuming I don't know if it's there uh, Trey you could help me like I'm assuming Sam told Bucky everything about mm-hmm. Isaiah and, and helped him understand you know um and so you know what you what you what like kind of what, what you have here is Steve and and I thought it was interesting that Steve and Bucky like had a plan mm-hmm. um, to give Sam the shield but they didn't think about the ramifications mm-hmm. yeah. you know they're two guys from the 40s who, you know, they're not there. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to stand here and say that they're racist. I don't think that's right. true. Um, but like, they're not sitting here thinking about race. It's not, it wasn't a part, it wasn't a part of the vocabulary that that critical piece um, for, for, you know, for, from that time period. Um, and, and they just see Sam as, as their right. friend and as this hero, um, and so it's 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 like a growth moment mm-hmm. for Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, does that kind of capture what what? Yeah, no, no, no. You're, no, no. you're right. It know. does
2: because there is an element of in my note that this idea of historically, you know, you're from the '40s, mm-hmm. you've been dropped into the United States now, um, and clearly they've had some experiences of of a rush of experiences let's put it that way right of trying to get caught up Mm -hmm. um and and things like that Mm -hmm. and so there was just this element of like um and i I think you put it well saying well they're from the 40s and that's what they're used to um in terms of of it's top of mind you know for me like that's like that is something that's i'm have gotten used to and trained to, to to think about or look at the world through this lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not a part of their mm-hmm. vocabulary, or it, would, it makes sense, so it would not mm-hmm. be a part of their vocabulary or, or the lens mm-hmm. through which they look at the world.
0: So where I'm landing, um, you know, cause you talk about it being like a moment of, of, of a lesson learned for Bucky, because he said, me and Steve didn't think about what this would mean to you. I can't help but feel, it's almost like this should be a lesson learned for the audience as a whole. Um, because, you know, I keep using this as a reference point and I think it's just for speaking for me personally, this is where I felt like I tried to do a lot more learning of, you know, these racial tensions and stuff like this, you know, last summer with everything that happened with the reignite reigniting of the civil, um, rights acts movements is a common thing that I kept seeing, uh, among people of color, whenever they would share their stories is we're not asking for more than just to listen at mm-hmm. this point just listen to these stories that we're telling that you have been ignoring for so long that's not that's not to say that's the answer but that is the first step of just listen and that was like a moment for bucky saying okay i'm listening and i'm mm-hmm. sorry that mm-hmm. this wasn't a point that we recognized up to this point mm-hmm. and and to pull a quote from sam is He says, you go to these people and you say sorry because you think it'll make you feel better, right? But you got to make them feel better. You got to go and be Mm -hmm. of service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's so many, that line was beautiful for so many ways. Mm -hmm. But I think what it is, is it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm sorry that happened and move on. You have to internalize these lessons of listening to these people Mm -hmm. and sharing their pain and sharing these stories and learn how to be better because of it. And I think that's where it feels like Bucky's line is a lesson for everybody in that moment.
1: Yeah. And then you get some really good stuff that, that comes after that. You know, um, did, did we know that that was um, Steve's book that Bucky's holding yes. that he's using? Yes. I did not remember. I did not know that. I never knew that. I think it was episode. It. So that was a revelation
0: three? to me. Zemo makes a mention of it. Yeah. It was- no, it, Sam makes a mention of it. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. And then, um, and then he, he kind of very pointedly says Steve is yeah. gone. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. Steve thought. I wrote "sorry Jude" in my in my notes. Um, <laughs> Sorry Jude. And then Jude. they have and then they have their yeah because Steve is dead. Steve's gone. He's not. He's not. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. um <I'm... laughs>
0: Steve is gone. Um. But. So
2: <laughs> hey, that's You're my there? note. This sequence makes me think Steve is dead
0: jude was right like that was like the first thing i thought like i almost broke so the way our protocol works whenever jude and i watch these episodes the first thing we text each other on friday mornings is i've seen it nothing else because we don't want to tip each other off in the moment i almost forgot Uh and said well you're right but i'm so (laughs) glad i pulled back that's so good
1: that's so good yeah (laughs) but then then it it leads into the, the 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 so what's going on though is they're having um their version of catch, where, where they they toss the uh, toss the old shield back and yeah. forth. I love that. I thought that was fantastic. And then Sam doing his whole yeah. counselor thing,
2: which is and I which I is loved great. It. I love that he attached making amends with service. Um, yeah, you know. Well, and okay, two things. I love that he did that, but I also loved it, it just. And Trey and I talked about it, and I think Daniel and I talked about it. You know, clearly off pod but just the treatment of therapy um mm-hmm. and knowing how important therapy is uh, that I, that I believe it is and and not wanting to see those tropes again yeah um and yeah. the way bucky's last therapy session ended and it just and I just I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like a lot of that but to have a genuine moment of therapy so to speak here um was something I really really glad that they added
1: the, the way the way I'm interpreting it what I hear Jude too is um so like the scenes where he's actually in therapy which I, I I like them but but I I remember listening to the pod and recognizing the critique that like when when the when actual therapy is used to further a story or for comedic purposes or whatever you're walking <laughs> yeah. a fine line but when you see organically in a scene right there like he's doing his counselor thing like he is yeah. that's a tool you know when he's he's getting yeah. that's real and it's effective yeah. that's what i saw That's that's kind of what i mm-hmm. what I
0: hear there i guess it, it is really rocky the way they incorporated some of the therapy into this but um i'm glad you brought that up daniel it is it it feels I wanna say much more impactful, but I think that might be the sins of their own doing of the bickering back and forth. But it mm-hmm. feels more impactful to see yeah. that like they get to this point where Sam is being there to counsel them.
3: Yeah. That's mm-hmm.
1: not to say he's his counselor, it's just right. true friend right. yeah. but
0: um that logic happens. Then he says yeah. do the work, do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. So one thing, I'm, I'm cycling back a little bit, but I left it here because it did feel feel like it was uh, playing into the entirety of Sam, kind of making that, I'll say, unspoken resolution. We haven't had confirmation yet, but, you know, training and practicing with the shield to be Captain America. You know, he has the line where he says, what would be the point of all the pain and sacrifices if I wasn't willing to keep fighting? And again, I talked about how much I love the boat and its being these converging of points. It Sarah realizing that she doesn't want to sell the boat felt like it became a symbol of that idea of erasure. Uh, again, that comes off the, the the back of everything with Isaiah Bradley and him flat, flat out saying, I was erased. And Sam's first instinct whenever Isaiah says that is like, we got to fix this. You know, on a sm- super smaller scale, they're here with the boat. And Sam's first instinct was we got to tr- treasure this boat. We got to save it. Mm -hmm. and so i like that we've come almost full circle to this point where you know sam mentions that some fights are worth fighting for and it is again that convergence of on the home front and the large front of being captain america Mm -hmm. and it was if we don't Mm -hmm. if we don't get any more scenes with the boat this feels like a beautiful close
1: right and that i had that quote written down i didn't realize it until after um and i wrote in all caps oh my goodness that sounds like the cap we know yeah there's another (laughs)
3: example another
1: example of 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 like him not he's not changing it's just it's coming out you know it's coming out we knew it was there it's and it's not he's not steve rogers he's he's sam wilson and he is that's he's got the character Mm -hmm. he's got that that persona Mm -hmm. You know that is that is his own unique
0: version of it. Yeah, he he is who he's always needed to be, which mm-hmm. I don't because I got to be careful here because I know again Captain America fan I don't want to write a cop out of the show but I wonder if maybe that explains some of the less the less screen not I don't want to say screen time but some of the less focus he got in some of those middle episodes because maybe yeah. that was all the work to show the contrast of who he is here and
1: they, and they had to develop John mm-hmm. Walker
3: mm-hmm. No, no yeah
0: from scratch yeah,
1: yeah. you know. Um, in order to in order to make it believable, to make him empathetic, and then um, and then his downfall. And I'll also say when he is walking away. Where did I write this? When he's when he's walking away from Bucky, and he's carrying the shield. And like they they finished their conversation, they turn off, and he's. I wrote he Sam looks so good carrying that mm-hmm. shield, and you see him as Captain America. Yeah. And he's like, it even zooms past the shield, and you just see his torso, his upper torso, yeah.
2: and it's so, it's so right. good. Mm-hmm.
1: It just feels right. It does. It feels right. It does. Um, and then it leads into the scene with uh, with Sam. Well,
2: also, I was going to say the show, as, as you said, they had to, they had to do the work on Walker. As much as Trey and I talked about, God, we want to see more of Sam. Want to see more of Sam? The the moments we get between Sam and Bucky, especially the one we just talked about. About the service, right? In the in this this therapeutic moment, that can't yeah. happen without all the work they put in with Bucky. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and I guess that's one of the things that that I loved about this episode so much. Uh, another co you know coworker Ken was was saying that uh, in a text this afternoon, he was like, "I loved how so much of this was at home." You know, like like so much of it was oh, yeah. not a big battle and fight. It was at home. Isaiah's it was home. So cool Isaiah's to have that. Home.
1: We were yeah. even in. I don't know. if We were in Lamar's home with his mm-hmm. family. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a ro- It was a rough scene. And then
2: we're at Sam's home on his yeah.
1: boat. It's very grounded. Yeah. It's very yeah.
0: grounded.
2: Which I, I that was something I really mm-hmm. loved about mm-hmm. this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Most definitely. Well, I think that moves us into our next point. Uh, which is Carly's next move. So, this encapsulates all the scenes. It's brief, but all the scenes that Carly is featured in showing that she and the Flag Smashers are moving forward with their plans by stopping the vote in New York for the controversial Patch Act. So, just to start off this time, um, you know, I, I do enjoy that we've seen glimpses of the way some of Carly's peers have been uncomfortable with the the escalation of power that Carly has been showing off throughout the season to the point where her friend like flat out shuts the briefcase with all the weapons and was saying, like, hey, this isn't who we are. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to get any more or if this is more of, I don't want to say parallel, but showing more of the dangers of people just going along with the ends justifying the means. I guess I guess to simplify my question, like, will we see some of the other flag smashers get some redemption out of this cycle of violence?
2: I think so. Mm. I feel like the, I feel like the, I don't know if I got his name, but the one that's was with her when she, when she did the first bombing and stuff. Right. I feel like we're going to see him turn. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's all, I think it's all being channeled through Carly now.
2: See, but I, I feel like Carly, because I, I have my note that Carly, just like Walker, feels driven to violence from the people she lost and how she was recounting. um, And she feels like, and she even has that line, this is the only language they understand. So she feels like she has to be violent. Mm-hmm. And then we had a lot revealed to us through that conversation with Sam of who Carly is. And so I don't know if Carly's yeah. going to kill this guy or if he's just going to turn his back on her, but, but I feel like she is going to push him to a point that he's like, I can't go this, this, th- that far. You,
1: you know what we, to this point, up to this point, have we known really what the patch act involves or is it just more kind of, they're just more like stark about, cause it's brutal. Like, I don't, like they have troops ready to round up refugees and forcibly move them into shoddily set up refugee camps in people's home countries. Uh-huh. Like that's the yeah. equivalent of like all the people who are like refugees from Syria being forcibly moved by troops back to their quote own countries, which they've been driven out of because of right. you know ethnic cleansing or whatever. And and my point in bringing all this up is this is a really this is not a good law and and is there some justification to her, her, not only her cause, but her methods? Cause she's not, she's not, she's not brutally like, I don't know.
2: No, no. I, I I completely see where you're going with this. Cause like it is, there's an element of her cause isn't bad. Her cause isn't Mm -hmm. wrong. And like they could make this show start to finish focusing on her in such a way that we wouldn't be questioning any of the violence mm. that she's doing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and not in a weird like like breaking bad or following you know Walter White or Dexter kind of way, but in a way where like no, this is legit, like you're fighting for your life. Yeah. You, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I think that's part of the part of the struggle. I also don't think I'd unlike Walker, who is
1: fighting for supremacy, plain and simple. Um, Carly, while there's elements that, that are that you could see are seeking supremacy, I, I think the more basic drive is recognition mm-hmm. or equality. It's mm-hmm. So, like mm-hmm. if they were invited to the table and given a mm-hmm. given a voice and an account and, and an accounting, she, they, they I do not think they'd be resorting to these methods. Right. I don't. And right. so I don't think she's, I don't think that she is baldly seeking supremacy. I think, yeah, I just, it's, I'm getting up in the idea space. I just, um, it's something that occurred to me as I was trying to suss out all the different manifestations of power mm-hmm. in the show. And what my, my, my revelation was maybe not, maybe Carly's not, not just, just in her Cause, but also in her methods, right?
2: Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think know. you're wrong on that. Actually, and I just because yeah. it's one of those things that we, it's one of those things that they've told us a lot of stuff. They haven't really showed us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, mean about the refugees yes. yeah. about yeah. their yeah.
2: plight? Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. and so because yeah. I, I mean the flip side is she's a terrorist. Right. What are you saying? What right. are you talking well,
2: about? Well, and that that. What that line about? came <laughs> up right like where they said she's a terrorist and she says or well, some call us revolutionaries mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. um, like she she's so, only blown up what's so the yeah. bad
1: thing she did they they blew up a grc fact like right like a grc with with people in it who were not combat right 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 they she weren't killed they killed lamar but that was an accident i i will that was an accident i mean she was a super
0: soldier mm-hmm. i don't no. know uh, what well, just to, just to say That's a tough one. (laughs) This is what's hard about it because, Jude, I see your point about, like, what have they shown us? And not enough to have, a I think, a full articulate point uh, overall. But, Daniel, to your point as well, that's the whole point of the show, right? From the perspective of the people we have called bad guys, they see themselves as good. And so the the fact that Carly's on – the fact that Carly's ideas on paper are not bad is it's 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 almost like and I hate to re- reduce it this way, but just for the sake of it being a podcast on audio only, it's almost like you have two test subjects of John Walker and Carly. They both have these things that they believe in. They're both given immeasurable power. We saw John Walker failed. He cr- fell and corrupted to it. <laughs> Sam is in the middle of both of these people who is holding on to this optimistic idea that you can be brought back again. John failed this, this, this hinge of this last episode is going to be see whether or not Carly can come back from that point before things are yeah. too far gone. And so, yeah. but
1: can Sam do it in a way that's not an erasure or or bald supremacy? Like, right. is it because that's what I think is the essence of Sam's position is that he does it in a way that's not. I'm more powerful yeah. than you, yeah. and that's all that matters. It's it's recognition. I see yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I see you.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though. And if and if you don't bring you the show creators, if they can't find a way to bring Carly back or Sam can't, however you want to put it, yeah. Then Zemo's right.
1: But yeah. even Zemo doesn't yeah. think he's right, right anymore. Yeah. You know, like Zemo. has been. Zemo, Zemo's. You know, given into his. His. Uh,
3: he's changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even
2: slightly. So this, mm-hmm. we are going to get a season two. With <laughs> after she changes, and they have to go after the power broker.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> who is yeah? Straight thoughts.
0: Unless anybody has any more to say, uh, we can move on to straight thoughts, or we because, like I said, there was very little with the Carly mm-hmm. section. One world. Anybody have any more. One world, one people. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to straight thoughts. So, this is the section for if there's anything we didn't cover. If you would like to say it here. Go ahead. And, uh, Daniel, we'll start with you.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, th- th- seeing Sam
0: have his wings torn off was,
1: was rough. That was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Um, that like that kind of feeds the, I said, the fight was brutal. It was brutal mm-hmm. and it was personal. Um, that was personal. Um, yeah. Uh, always love Torres coming back. <laughs> makes it makes it good. He's just like a very, very wise soul, bizarrely wise as he said. And finally, the return again, the cameo of Sharon Carter um, with more more thought-provoking scenes. Those are my straight okay.
2: thoughts. Uh, so yeah, I do think um, the wings left to Torres. I'm curious if he's setting up a replacement. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think in the comments. Wait, so does... you don't think
1: what's in the box is is new wings?
2: It's like not that it's I don't much. think he's new wings, but I think like the mantle okay. of Falcon yeah. went to a Torres. Uh, to
1: oh, Torres. oh, I understand um, now. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. You know where he said you can keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I liked that Bucky. Early morning, headed to the boat, got the Snyder slow-mo treatment. Oh, um, my God,
1: I wrote no. the same thing. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no. I literally no. wrote that. I literally wrote <laughs> no. um, this on the mind. What's with the slow-motion walk up to the boat? What is this a Zack Snyder movie? That's what I <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's a symptom of having online services now, streaming services, where we need content. This is how they 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 buff the numbers. They just do everything <laughs> slow-motionally. Yeah, yeah. This is our longest episode yet. <laughs> oh, <gosh.
2: laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. And I'm glad no! <laughs> I'm glad we're probably gonna get to see Yori again. Um Yeah. yeah. Know, I think I think that's gonna, gonna happen. I love the whole like Sam pushing himself, no days off bit um i you know just showing that he wasn't a natural i'm really curious what's gonna happen with batrock and does sharon carter know that batrock's intention is to kill falcon Uh, yeah you know i'm i'm not sure how all that is gonna play out but i'm really curious there uh and i'm really glad they showed restraint and we have not seen what was in the box yeah Mm mm-hmm oh i was
1: yeah. i was terrified they were going to show us
2: And that's i think if they
1: had shown us i would not have said that this was like mm-hmm. this was like a perfect penultimate episode i was like leading up to the moment when he opened it i was like if they show it it's not going to be perfect and they didn't and i was like this is this is perfect
3: because yeah. they
2: it's leave a you testament to
1: marvel's more.
2: to mm-hmm. marvel's strength yes yeah. their patience it is <laughs> it is so those are my straight thoughts
0: cool so for me uh just to, i got two i don't think we've touched on I didn't want to say it in the section because I wanted to focus as much on Isaiah as we could, but uh, I found it very interesting, some parallels where Isaiah mentioned that they were going to erase all evidence of um, the experiments they had on the other soldiers and by blowing up the camp, that's why he was forced to act. You know, that, that idea of hiding the evidence felt very similar to what they were doing to John Walker by saying, hey, retroactively, you know, this You are no longer part of our Captain America experiment mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, the reason that was important to me and wanted to bring it up here is because it, it almost gives credit to what Isaiah was saying about, like, you think things have changed. Um, so, yeah, that wanted to bring that there. And then, finally, my other stray thought. Uh, I loved how <laughs> there was the scene where Sam and Bucky were working on the water pump. And it looks like we're about to gear up for another montage. And then Sarah comes in and is like, nah, I already told you that's not the problem. Get out of here. And it's perfect because Jude, and, and I think you mentioned as well, Daniel, that it was like almost annoying to see Sam stick his head into the fixing the boat in episode mm-hmm. one. It's like, it's almost like on a meta level we're saying like, this is not your problem. Go fix your problem. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> Sam and Bucky hash it out.
1: It's mean, great. It. It's so good. I
0: told you, I love the boat. The boat yeah. is perfect. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for my, my straight thoughts. Well,
2: I will say there was one weird struggle for me on the boat this episode, which was, I came out of episode one just angry of like, Uh no, Sarah's right. You should be selling the boat. What are you doing? You know, and then for Sarah to be like, "No, we shouldn't sell it." It's like, "No, you're." I, I was on <laughs> yeah, your side. I'm
0: totally with you.
2: <laughs> so now, and I get, I get why. Like, I, I loved the moment. You know, we can't erase the legacy, and when I, I get all that, but there was still this moment. Where it was just like, "No, no, you, you were right. Don't give in." So.
0: <laughs> well, uh if that covers all of our stray thoughts, that leaves us with only our predictions for episode six. So, Daniel, would you like to go first with your predictions yes. for the finale? So,
1: um, I think that if Sharon Carter is not the power broker, I will be surprised. I will be surprised because I, I don't know what kind of things she's doing, but I think in that scene, you see this like priceless artwork. You see bodyguards mm-hmm. behind her. She got uh, a criminal that Falcon just put a way out that she must have known. I, I just don't, I don't know what's going on. You know yeah. I don't think she's uh-huh. evil. I personally don't think she's evil, but I think she's a power broker. Yeah. Um, someone already brought up Yori. I think we're going to see Bucky give closure to Yori. Um, and then the third one is, I went back and forth on this, but ultimately I think that the 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 inclusion of it, the end credits, I think John Ca- Walker, I think John Walker will mess something up somehow. I think he's going to barrel in, and do something stupid um, at first I thought maybe it's just an end tag and he's gonna do something with with uh, the Contessa later but with with thinking about the scene with Lamar um, Lamar's parents and mm-hmm. what they say to him and the lie that he's he's believing but not believing you know is, and then he's he, he then immediately after that he sees the sign cap is back he believes he's Captain America so he's gonna go make his make himself known I think that that's I think that's coming. Those are my three predictions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the way you phrase it as like, he's going to go and mess something up. And the first thought I had is like, well, why stop now? <laughs> why stop now? Yeah, I know. Again, even
2: more. <laughs> oh, man. So, what about you, Jude? Uh, predictions wise, I, man, I just. Don't think Sharon Carter's the the power broker, but there's so much evidence on this episode. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's the thing is there's I, so much evidence. I, I think also part who's of it. gonna is, be? Yeah, right. Also, I don't know. I keep circling around Justin Hammer for some reason. Just knowing Armor Wars is coming, like yeah. what has he been doing? Um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm having to really don't think it's her. But I don't know who else it could be. There's so much evidence that way. I'm not sure who, but I really feel like there's still one more big cameo coming. Um, it, I don't know why, just gut feeling, some of the things I've seen headlines-wise and stuff, I still feel like there's one more big cameo coming. Gotcha. Um, so I, I don't want to name a name, because mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but like I, I just don't feel like the Val Contessa, Contessa Valentina, I don't think that was it. I think there's something else coming. Gotcha. So, your predictions, Trey.
0: I'm so glad in the course of this episode, I had one prediction. Daniel, it was with you, but I think you talked me out of it. I was so convinced that we were done with John Walker. And I said that he wouldn't show up in the finale except for maybe a stinger. But you have a lot of great evidence. So I'm not going to say that one, but I have a backup one. Jude, I'm with you. I don't think Sharon's the power broker. Yeah. And I know there is a mounting amount of evidence to say that she is, especially with having Bartrock enter into the scenario now. Mm -hmm. My reasoning, and again, I know this is just stretching, but my reasoning being I'm still under the assumption that Sharon is with the CIA working undercover. And bringing Mm -hmm. in Bartrock is almost setting a trap to find Carly, even if Bartrock is not Mm -hmm. willingly working with it Mm -hmm. with Carly. Mm -hmm it's an easy way to find a pinpoint because they haven't been able to find her up until this point. So that's my reasoning. Yeah.
3: yeah. I, I think that if
1: Sharon Carter's not the power broker, which I said I, I'd be surprised if she wasn't. However, given the fact that they didn't, like, confirm that, maybe they're they're trying to hoodwink us. Um, I definitely think she's working for this person. Uh-huh. Maybe as a covert CIA agent. I'm not really... I'm not really invested in like, is she evil or not? You know, Uh it's like Mm -hmm. if this show is shown as nothing, everyone's got mixed motives and no one's pure. Right. But but like, um, she's definitely like very closely aligned with, even if it's kind of as a covert operative with the power broker. So she's like that person's right-hand man, right-hand woman. If she herself is not the power broker, but.
0: Gotcha. Well, cool i think that's gonna do it for this episode so i just want to say daniel thank you so much for joining us this has been a lot of
2: fun
1: this has been an absolute blast i i was nervous um i did not think i have i mean i thought it'd be fun but this was like truly this was a lot of fun so i really thank you guys for for doing this show it's such it's such a great thing to be a part of as a fan so to be able to come on here and guest is really exciting and um i will you asked me about plugging social media i will say that i if you liked my voice which i haven't heard recording myself in a while so i wanna know <laughs> if you to with that but if you like my voice and my thoughts i will be on um the podcast there was an idea yeah uh, with tara next week not on not on episode five friend of the podcast tk or tara um not on this coming episode five podcast but the finale episode uh of her
3: podcast so check that
2: out yeah definitely check that out she yeah we we love listening to tara we love having tara on yeah
0: i'm really looking forward to that it's always a delight to hear her episodes and knowing that you're going to be on it as well is even more of an incentive so cool
2: and of course you're on you've joined our discord you participate I do. A lot in there, so. Yeah, so if
1: you want to yell at me or take take issue with anything that I said, um, I have a thick skin. I'm on Discord.
0: <laughs> I called you Thanos and you showed up on the podcast, I so did. I think <laughs> the thick skin is very <laughs> evident. <laughs>
2: oh, man.
0: Speaking of, uh, if you have any thoughts or ideas or predictions for the finale that's coming next week, you can always reach us at mcud to know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join the Discord along with Daniel, you can find the link to that in the show notes as well.
2: And of course, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us and helps us build an audience, uh, put out a hopefully a better product for you. And the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend.
0: We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And Jude and Daniel, thank you so much as well. Thank you. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> we'll see you all next week.
1: Contessa, Valerie, De Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. You're, only, you're
2: only allowed to say Val in your head. <laughs> I don't even think she. I don't even think she pronounces it right. Well, even I the think wh- she flips the line. Well, even you know what? Like I'm I know, joking. I know, because even even when she said it, the look on her face, especially the second time through, it was almost like she doesn't give
1: a sh- <laughs> she doesn't care. Sorry, you can edit
2: that
0: out. <laughs> Here we start over. Here now start you've joined over. the ranks of leech as the other uh, person to curse on our street. Pause. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I goofed
2: it again. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: Oh, Let's see. This is the product of now that it's the busy season at work. Oh, we've been going for like two and a half hours too. So
2: yeah. 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 So like I'm this is, it. um, my stopwatch is two hours and 11 minutes and figure we had a couple of pauses in there. Yeah. And especially one of the longer ones we spoke. So we'll probably still hit that hour 40. Oh
0: yeah. 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 I feel or like sorry. it's going to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah did you
0: sorry say sorry everyone. oh I'm sorry be, don't be. oh I'm speaking to the fans <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well listen if we're gonna get sorry's out of the way T, uh, TJ I'm sorry sorry I said take that
2: we're still recording is this now the intake <laughs> oh god
0: yeah you got any uh, speaking of amends Jude. do you have anybody you want
1: to say
2: sorry to I am no
1: longer the winter soldier <laughs>
2: No, I'm good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect.